This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. This is going to be a great show. It always is uh, when Thomas Booker is on. And Thomas is, uh, he, he reminds me a little bit of me when I was young because I was a baseball nut and, and still am. I, I love the, the baseball game. And uh, he, he's wearing a Cleveland Indian uh, jacket this morning. And I asked, I asked him, are they going to continue to be called the Indians? Because a lot of people, this is how crazy this world is. A lot of people don't realize that when an organization gets a particular name, it's for a reason. And um, we're, we're so ethnic conscious this day that we, we don't want to offend anybody. And it's gone completely out of sight. And I remember years ago that I read a story about how the Cleveland Indians got their name mm-hmm. uh, that's carried on for all these uh, decades. And it was about a great Indian baseball player that came up. He had all the tools. I mean, he was as great as anybody that ever played the game. And when he came up, a lot of the guys would take him out and they would want him to party with them. Well, he didn't want to. He, he was focused entirely on baseball. And unfortunately, they finally talked him into it. And bless his heart, he became an alcoholic. And, and he did not live a long time after that. But the Cleveland Indians were named after him. No one knows Which it. is a great honor. I, I mean... Uh, whatever they want, if they wanted to call me uh, an Irishman or Scottish guy or whatever, <laughs> it, 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 that is a terrific honor. Now they're trying to take it away from him, which they're going to do. Yeah. But but they're trying to find some other way to honor. How stupid and sick can we get? The Braves it's, it's are unbelievable. Next. <laughs> the Braves are next. Yeah. I, I hope not. I hope there's some sanity in this world. Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy. They got rid of Chief Nakahoma. Remember him? Oh, I remember him. Princess Wacka hit. Yeah, every time they get a home run, he would he would go into his dance. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed watching. Had that. his TP and the smoke would come out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's negative about that? Ask Jane Fonda, because she's the one that dumped him. Well, the good thing about Jane Fonda's name is they just rode her out of Atlanta. Because <laughs> I was at a ball game that she she and her husband uh, came in and sat down, and I've never seen it so loud there in Atlanta 
everyone was booing her. What year was that, probably? Mid-90s? Uh, or in the 80s? I don't even know when they were married. Uh, it was either the late 80s or early 90s because, uh, well, I was sheriff at the time, and we had a bunch of people down there uh, from Rutherford County all sitting in a big area. And uh, it was just absolute. It was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> if Ted Turner is anything like his restaurant, it's a wonder he's even in business. I don't know, but you know, he he always the the one thing that he prided himself on more than anything else was CNN, mm-hmm. and it is the worst. Uh, yeah. The worst television station there is, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. It's all negative. Yeah. Yeah, so. I watch Sergeant Bilko, and I watch F Troop. Yeah. Andy Griffith. <laughs> Sergeant Bilko was a great show. Phil Silvers is awesome. He's my yeah. hero. He was in a, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. That's right. He was. And it, and it had more comedians in that movie, I guess, than any movie that's ever been made. It was just absolutely. Oh, we need to uh, say hi to your mom. Hello, Mom. <laughs> no, that's no way to greet you, Mom. Hello, Mother. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you you know, you, you're uh, uh, probably the number one expert on baseball. Well, I appreciate that. There's there's others that are smarter than me, but yeah. I continue to, uh, you know. Armin Killebrew. Acquire it, new it, knowledge. Is probably your favorite uh, ball player of all time. Is that correct? He is, but his family's probably my favorite baseball family of all time. Yeah. Good people. You, you've become really good friends of them. Yeah, kind of an adoption thing. Now, they're not in uh, uh, close to, they don't live close to where the, the twins are now. They're, they're, they're in another city, aren't well, they? One State. son lives just south of Minneapolis. Yeah. Another son lives in Atlanta, two girls live in Salt Lake, and then the baby lives in Los Angeles. Yeah. Baby girl. Oh, I, I, I meant to ask you now, I've got all of my uh, <laughs> pre, uh, um, pre-arrangements pre arrangements uh, for when I pass on. A long time from now. Yeah. Uh, well, now, when, do I, when am I supposed to croak? <laughs> I, I, I was trying to, I, I, I don't know if I even put that date down or not. <laughs> Hey, I've got a good buddy that passed away, Jeff Mullins. Oh, yes. Who owned Mullins that, Jewelry. That, that broke my heart. I just can't believe it. It, I know. it just totally shocked me. Jeff was awesome. Yeah, I didn't realize that he he was even having a hard time at the time. Yeah, he'd been a little sick. But, you know, he was a diehard Cubs fan. So when he died, uh, his brother and sister, Tim and Kathy, let me kind of have control there of the, the cemetery part. And... I use Wilbert Vault, Vault Company we use, same we use for Miss Jackie when she passed. Yeah. But Wilbert Vault, I sent them some pictures, but they did Wrigley Field on top of the vault. Oh, wow. And then I sent like a Cubs win, like the the red sign, you know, like the Wrigley Field sign, but Mm -hmm. then it says Jeff Mullins, number one Cubs fan, and threw a bunch of stuff on there like that, and we had a Cubs funeral for him. Yeah. It was very cool. So, see, when you die, we can make it all like New York Yankees or Atlanta Braves or a yeah. little bit of both. I could, of course, I grew up a Yankee fan. I could put Mickey Mantle on top of your vault for you. Yeah. They, hey, it's amazing. I have to show you pictures of it before we leave. Well, there's a you pass by. Well, I guess she's gone in to work out right now, but there's a lady here from Brooklyn. Oh. And... Uh, she grew up 
watching the 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 Dodgers play Ooh. at Ebbets Field. My kind of girl. She knew every ball player that played at the time. Really? Yeah. And of course, she's like all Brooklyn people. They were absolutely mortified when they moved it out of Brooklyn. She's still a Dodger fan or no? Oh, yeah. She's still a Dodger fan, but but not like she was when it was a Brooklyn. In fact, it, it, it kind of turned them against the Dodgers a little bit, the way they treated the city uh, there in Brooklyn. Because uh, I asked her if she was from Flatbush, but she's one of the... Uh, other parts of the the Brooklyn neighborhood. At least you know where Abbott's Field was. That's all that matters. Well, I mean, uh, who but, would you think would be her favorite ball player? I'd say probably Duke Snyder. Duke Snyder was right right there at the top. Yeah. Mine's Gil Hodges, but Gil was a great first baseman. He really was underrated. Yeah. Well, the Dodgers. I mean, and living playing in Abbott's Field, that was a very very small ballpark when it, you think about it. It was. And, uh, I think right field was like 312, left field was like 340 maybe, center yeah. field was like 395. Yeah, I mean, is, it was high walls, though. Well, I remember it a little bit, but, you know, uh, I, I, was, uh, I became a real big Yankee fan, I guess, when I was nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, at Kittrell School, whenever the World Series would come on, of course, we didn't have uh, televisions back then. And when the World Series would come on, our teachers would let us uh, listen to the ball game, the World Series. That's Can cool. you imagine? I, that, that's how strong it was I'd back be in, in heaven. Yeah, well, I, I wish we could do that at the funeral home. <laughs> play the, uh, the Listen World to it. Series. Listen yeah. to it. Or watch it on TV. But you you don't want to do it when Just, the service is going on. They're baseball fans, you yeah. Jeff used to come in the funeral home, and we'd sit there and watch baseball together. Oh, really? Yeah. What was his favorite team? Cubs. Yeah, that's right. You said that. Diehard Cubs It just fan. doesn't sink in. Diehard. The biggest time I've really pulled for the Cubs when it had been so long, and they finally made it up See, there. I was pulling for the Indians. Oh, really? Because it was the 70th anniversary of... Them winning it in 1948. Yeah. Everyone has a favorite team that won the World Series. Yeah. And mine's the 1948 Cleveland Indians. Because they had a little bit of everything on they that a, team. They had some great pitching. I remember that. In, in, in 1948, they had Bob Lemon. They had Gene Bearden, who won 20 games, came out of nowhere. They mm-hmm. had Bob Feller, Steve Gromek. They had Don Black, Russ Christopher. They had a good team. They had Satchel Page. He came in. Mm-hmm. They had Larry Doby, who was the first ever American League, you know, African-American player that came up earlier that year. Great left-hand hitter. Johnny Barandino, you remember him? Mm-hmm. He played in General Hospital. He's the only, uh, I think he's the only MLB Hall of, or I'm sorry, he's the only MLB player to win a World Series and an Oscar. I didn't know that. Played on the 48 Indians. Yeah. Hank Greenberg was general manager. They had Bill Veck, was a team owner. Now, Lou Boudreau was shortstop, but I was also the manager of the team. Yeah. Ken Keltner, third base. Joe Moore, or Joe Gordon, second base. Eddie Robinson still living. He's 100 years old. He was first base. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Jim Hagan was catcher. It was a good team. But that's my favorite team to ever win the World Series, and they haven't won since. And they won't probably ever win as the Indians, because again, because the Indians now, they've... They may have won that World Series when... Uh... Um, 
Willie Mays made that great over-the-head catch oh, yeah. right there in center field. Well, that was 54, and that was an yeah. even better team. That was the best team to ever be, or that was the best team ever in the American League up to that time. That was Al Lopez. He was managing the Indians. Vic Wirtz. Yeah. They Vic had a Wirtz good team. Vic Wirtz is the one that hit that ball. But the, the, the pitching was the best part of oh, that yeah. team. Early win, Bob Lemon, Bob Feller, Mike Garcia, yeah. Art Houtman, and I think they had out. Uh, Hal Newhauser, who had won the MVP twice in 1944 and 45, he was mm-hmm. the relief pitcher. I mean, they yeah, one of the best teams ever. But you don't hear about them because they were swept by the Giants. Yeah, that's right, four in a row. And Dusty Rhodes. From where? The Nashville Vols. That's right. I, I remember when he went up, and everybody thought that was crazy. He broke some windows at the Ice House, I think. They They wanted him in because the right field was so short over there Mm -hmm. which was amazing was your first ever world series you remember was it the yankees and the phillies the whiz kids no my first ever was uh all of the 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 yankee uh participants in in the world series but mickey mantle was my although i've got to admit i liked the boston red sox when ted williams was playing right field for Mm -hmm. them and probably the best pure hitter that ever played the game but um, uh, Gilbert Sharon wanted me to play for his team, the Yankees, the Little League Yankees. And it's amazing how you can manipulate things a little bit because he says, now, Mickey Mantle is my favorite team. He's number seven, and I'm going to give you his number. Which, really? And, I, and when I got my uniform to, for the Little League, I, I drove up and down the uh, – street on my bicycle probably a thousand times so everybody could see me wearing that <laughs> uniform it just and i became a mickey mantle yankee fan the rest of my life and that was all she wrote yeah yeah that's it, awesome but baseball just uh, it carried everything back then it was unreal i wonder what happened to it you think it was the money money has a lot of to do with destroying all all of the sports yeah um, I mean, um, Miss Elaine always you said you don't see a whole lot of people in the stands anymore. No, well, yeah, some teams you do, but yeah, you're right. A lot of teams you don't. But you know, even back then, there was a lot of times. I mean, I was like I said, telling you about the Nellie Fox book, mm-hmm. and it starts well, it's his whole life. But when he came up with the, well, more or less when he got traded to the White Sox in like 1951. But it talks about attendance every year in some games. Yeah. And there were some games played back then where it was like 2,000 people showing up, and that was it. That's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, I think more like on the weekend, and plus you had more double headers, and people would come then. But the economy and stuff was different back then, too, versus now. No night baseball hardly back then. They had some, but it wasn't a whole lot. So well, I think now, you know, baseball being played at night, more folks can go to the game. Well, you know, there was a real problem back when Fox uh, got ready to leave because uh, there were a lot of people that were pushing, the animal rights people were pushing against it because, you know, uh, named the Cubs and then a lot of them wanted to name it the Foxes. And so uh, can you imagine the the animal (laughs) rights people raising cane about they wanted their Cubs or their foxes or whatever? I'm just teasing you. I'm sorry. I can't can't help it. You're good. I cannot help it. It, Today's world drives me crazy. They need to find something better to argue about. Yeah. 
It's like they don't have a life of their own. It's just, uh, it just reaches out the wrong way. Oh, I'm with you. It's now, just... what, is, what is the greatest moment in one day of baseball? For me or in general? Uh, what would you say is the one game that you would have loved to have been there when a particular thing happened? Oh, Lord. Hmm. Uh, uh, there's one that. that just grabs me. Uh, probably the shot heard around the world. If I could be anywhere at one time. Oh, that's a Giants and the Dodgers. I know, I know. Bobby Thompson, Bobby yeah. the Ninth, off Ralph Branca. Yeah. I think that's the one I would have wanted to have been to. But there's not a lot of emotion other than did you know a, a nun? win. Did you know a nun caught that ball? And she was not supposed to be at the game. Wow. And she was kind of dressed undercover. Yeah. There's a book about tracking the ball at Coogan's Bluff, and that's this guy sends out like, or goes out like on a quest for like five years. Yeah. And a nun caught that ball. That's amazing. Sorry I, to get off track. I, but, yeah. Oh, I watched a movie yesterday, um, or most of the movie. It, it's called Where the Boys Are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was filmed uh, back in, I think, familiar. the 50s. And uh, it was a, a great movie, it, it, but the the star in that movie, Dolores Hart, beautiful lady, you know, not long after that, she became a nun, and she's been a nun ever since then. Did she really? And she's 82 years old. Can still you, going strong. Still going strong. We got a caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard with Thomas Booker. Oh, wow. Hello. Hello. Hello, Truman. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I just want to say I enjoy y'all's baseball talk. I'm a big Cubs fan. And I know they lost a lot in the offseason, so I'm looking forward to having a full baseball season. I was reading uh, online they're going to have fans in the stands and not many COVID restrictions. I didn't know what you were about that. I, I hadn't heard about that yet for the Cubs. Yeah, they lost, they lost a couple pitchers, lost Darvish and Lester. Of course, lost one or two in free agents. You think they're going to trade Chris Bryant? Oh, well, they've got to make some decisions about Bryant, Rizzo, and like Baez. They need to keep Rizzo. They've got to make decisions about those three. I like Bryant, but he's kind of up and down. You know, he he is a little bit. But but I I did want want to ask uh, ask y'all. I I know Truman doesn't like to change the names of the teams, but I did want to ask. I know Truman's a big Braves fan. And uh, uh, the Braves had a lot of tragedy in the offseason with uh, players passed away, former players yeah. and things. And uh, I do want to ask Truman if he ever thinks that the Braves would ever change their nickname. I don't have a problem with their nickname. I think it's a, a fine nickname, you know. But if the franchises want to change it, I don't have a problem with it. And I do want to ask the guest if he's ever watched Ken Burns baseball uh, documentary, what he thinks about it. And I'll just hang up with him. I enjoy the baseball talk. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh, uh, I've seen it, Ken. The the, the thing about baseball, mm-hmm. Ken Burns, which he does a great job. He in does capturing things. He does, and it's kind of nice, you know, because he like you said, he captures it. Yeah. Then of course I just go back and do further investigations. Yeah. But he does a good job as far as covering the history, especially going back, like I was telling you earlier before we got on the radio, talking about the American Association and National League before 1900. Yeah. Before the birth of the American League. Oh, I, of course, everybody knows I want the Braves to keep that, that name. 
Oh yeah, I, th- I think it, it it fits them well, and and when they're doing the, the the tomahawk chop and all of that, that's just part of baseball. It's it's part of the baseball history. You're not going to change it. it anything. You're no. not going to change the history, especially. No. Well, they've been doing it pretty much across the board well, in the last uh, eight years or so. Just don't pay no attention to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard not to pay. They ain't going to change it right here. <laughs> That's one reason I've quit watching news. I don't watch news at all anymore. Yeah. When I go to the coffee shop in the morning at Sylvan Park, I will sit there and, and uh, with the guys, and they will tell me everything that's going on. So I, I keep up with it that way. I'd rather stick my finger in a light socket. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm with you, big boy. I really am. Pull out my pocket knife and zzz. It's just too negative. So hey, you have I can't do it. When's the last time you talked to the Killer Bros? Every day this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Good for you. All the time. When's the last time you've been up there to, to visit? Uh, see, I was supposed to go last year, but with the whole COVID thing, you know, we didn't go anywhere. Plus, yeah. they had more restrictions, you know, up in, in Minnesota. But uh, it was the year before last. I went up there a couple times, but... Should be going back hopefully sometime this spring, maybe towards summertime. I'm going there and then going and visiting my good friend Randy. He lives in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's a big Pirates fan. So. You mean there's still Pirate fans? There are Pirate fans. That's unbelievable. They're all diehard Pirate fans, but they're awesome. They love baseball and they love baseball history. The owner of the Pirates, though, if if uh, 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 oh gosh, what's his name? Barney Dreyfus. If he was still living, the original owner. Mm-hmm. I think he'd club this new owner to death because he's an idiot. Oh, really? He's just wanting to make money. He don't want to spend it. That's I don't think the Pirates have even done like a signing this off season. They're all going straight young and not signing anyone, not making any trades, just losing people. Well, the worst team I can remember the Pirates had was 60. <laughs> yeah, it cost Casey <laughs> Stengel his job. It sure did. <laughs> In came Ralph Terry. And and the Yankees just, what they? I scored them over Two to one, or something like three to one, but that one stupid game, mm-hmm. and in the Yankee shortstop, I'll never forgive him. One pitch. One pitch. Yeah, unbelievable. Of all people. Yeah. I think, I think uh, Mazeroski is a good ball player, but great on defense. Here's my thing about the Hall of Fame, and I'm not trying to. Oh, here we go, because I knew we were going to get into that discussion. Well, no, it's not that. It's not that. I know what you're thinking of. But it's kind of like you got the Hall of Fame. It's supposed to be the best of the best. Mm -hmm. I wish it was just the best of the best and not like the good or the really good plus the best of the best. Yeah. Well, you're finally changing into the, the real world. Well, what do you mean? You I've have been. Felt you that way. Have, no, you have been against Pete Rose ever since all of this stuff happened. Still with, am. with the gambling. No, you weren't. The last time you were on, well, you just, said I'm. I'm changing my mind. No, I think he is because the. the I don't care anymore. It, it's all done. What they do on the baseball field. That's what the Hall of Fame was meant to have. A lot of people. Are are not the the best people individually w- when they get away from the ballpark, but strictly inside uh, those four bases, it is it, it it's one of those things that that's what they were supposed to be looking at. Now they've gone crazy. They've gone all over. It's the, the baseball world. writers. Uh, well, I mean, 
They vote I care for less about baseball writers because most of them don't know what they're talking about. No. And, and it, it, it becomes a, uh, a, a thing that uh, they want to control. All control. Yeah. And, and I won't even watch ESPN anymore. No. They are it's terrible. Just, it's, it's nothing about sports. It, it's all about uh, uh, how they feel the world is going. I'd like to sit down with Buster Olney. And Peter Gammons, yeah, and just see how much they really know as far as the history, not yeah. current day. I they, I'd lose, you know, in flying colors, but just the history of the game and yeah. certain things that took place. You know more about baseball than any of those. I feel pretty confident today. When it comes to baseball, plus they don't know anything. Plus ballparks, I feel pretty confident. They don't know anything before 1950. If you sit there and listen, and oh, this is the greatest baseball player that yeah. ever lived. All right, all right. Uh, Henry Aaron, Aaron was a great baseball player. He really was. He wasn't what you would call a normal home run hitter. He's a line drive hitter. Right. Never hit 50, but he was one of the, the best that ever played the game, and he just passed away, as we know. But nobody's mentioning Don Sutton. Don no. Sutton passed away. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's been a brave uh, sportscaster radio for years. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it, it's just like, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's like Phil Necro. You can't change anything. No one said much about him. Yeah. Tommy Lasorda. See, I don't think Tommy Lasorda, sorry Dodger fans, I don't think he should really be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's that great. He won two World Series, but besides that, his managerial record... He had some years where they were good, some years where they weren't good. He lost some good ball games. The 1977-78 teams, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that was, you know, like I said, Walter Austin had built a lot of those teams before. uh, He did a lot for baseball. Lasora took, you know, that helm. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, as far as ambassador to the game, like I told you yesterday, I thought, you know, because he was an ambassador to the game, he should be in the Hall of Fame. But I also think, like Lefty O'Doul, he's third or fourth all-time in batting average in baseball history. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. He only played for a handful of years. But he was an ambassador to Japan and brought the game to Japan. And even during the war years of, you know, World War II. But then he died in 1969, and no one remembers him. Yeah. Unless you're in San Francisco. They don't want to because they're pushing the players of today. Yeah. And that's all they care about. Yeah. And But you, you notice this time, again, no uh, baseball players made it into the Hall of Fame. See, I don't know. Part of me thinks there's really no one to let in the Hall of Fame. Well, I, I just if, if they cheat for the game, I, I'm talking about if they cheat to make themselves look better for 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 the game uh, by taking things that are, are going to upgrade their abilities. Yeah. I, I I would never vote for somebody like that. Yeah. But somebody that worked 110 percent for their particular um, uh, strengths in baseball, like Pete Rose did, he belongs in the Hall of Fame as far as I'm concerned because he he uh, he made himself good and he was one of the best. Uh, single doubles hitters that ever played the game. I think he holds the record for most singles yeah. ever hit. Yeah. I, but see, he dies. I think they'll let him in. But like I said, now as far as best of the best, I mean, I think Pete Rose, he 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 fits qualification. But there's a lot of people in the Hall of Fame who are Hall of Famers, 
and I just don't think they should be there because it's a watered-down Hall of Fame. And the oh, more I agree I, with you. The more I read, the more I do investigations and kind of come to my own conclusions, it's just I'd say half of the people in the Hall of Fame don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I really don't think so. But they do all these, and it's been going to uh, Hades ever since 19, say, 1940 or so. Did you 19, say Haiti or Hades? Hades, plural, oh, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's been going down. They come up with the commission, you know, to elect players to the Hall of Fame, and it's like the first class in 1936 was Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, Christy Matthewson, Honus Wagner, Walter Johnson. Yeah. Best of the best. That's who belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and, and each particular era, of course, we know is different. Yeah. And uh, but you're, typically- you're t- you, usually, uh, if you look at today's uh, game, the baseball is alive, mm-hmm. and everything that they've done is make it toward the home runs you, is what draws a lot of people into the stand. And see, I'm not a home run fan. I'd rather mm-hmm. someone hit 300 and get on base and not strike out. Now, you didn't ask me what my favorite game to be at. What is your favorite game to be at? And I'll bet you a lot of people that are listening right now would agree with me. Hmm. The day that Lou Gehrig made his speech. I will watch that, and uh, it just it tears me all to pieces. It's the best I've ever heard. I was trying to think who they were playing in that game. For some reason, I'm thinking it was the Senators in town playing the Yankees when he made that speech. That well, speech was made, what, 1939? I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he didn't know he was going to be making a speech. When he went in there, I'm trying to look, and, and to be able to uh, relate uh, it in in such a compassionate way about and how how he felt like he was the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I mean, if that doesn't grab you, I, I, nothing will. I wish I had his autograph. Yeah, I came that close one time to buying it. Uh, how could you buy it? There's companies that. By the autograph. How do you know that that it's, it it is his autograph? There's companies that certify that it is. Then again, how can you trust them though? That's the problem. Just look at something long enough, and you know it's real. <laughs> what what was the bubble gum company that uh, had all the the cards tops. when we were probably tops? Up? Yeah, it was tops. Booming was there for a while, but then tops. Yeah, when I, when I was a kid in, in grammar school. We would trade those, and I'll bet you I had over a thousand of those cards at one time. Did you see the fifty-two Mantle rookie card that just sold for yeah. five million dollars? Yeah, and I think I had that card. I'm pretty sure I did. And uh, but while I was in the service, my mama saw fit to get rid of all the junk. Bad you know, telling how many mama. millions of dollars. Thank God, that's one thing my mom's never done: throwing her stuff away. Especially something like that. Have you still? How many have you still got? I have every card I ever had. But see, a lot of my cards are from the 80s and 90s, and there's yeah. just no value. That's where I collect autographs. Yeah. And I've got, I can't even tell you how many autographs I have, but I've got a lot. I've got all the 1948 Cleveland Indians. Why? What do you mean, why? <laughs> I just like, you know... 
if I have the autograph, I do more research on them. I feel like I know them more. You do a but lot of research. But the autographs are worth a lot of money. How much time do you spend every day studying things that have to do with baseball? Not answering it. <laughs> Everybody I know I could be in trouble with. My wife wants I, me I to... bet Bubba knew. Oh, he thought I was probably crazy or ate up with it. Bubba thought the world of you. He really did. Well, I thought the world of him. Of course you he did. He was unique. Yeah. There was never another ways. person like Bubba Woodfin. Very never. relaxed. He knew how to have fun. Uh, he, he knew how to have a lot of fun. He could he could do anything and get away with it, which I kind of admire because yeah. a lot can't do it. But he just kind of went along with it. And if he did mess up, he just made the best of it. And everybody was just, you know, laughing and knew that was him. And on he went. Everybody loved Bubba. It mm-hmm. didn't matter where you're male, female, or... Or what, what, what kind of background you came from? Everybody loved Bubba, and I, uh, you know, funerals are kind of tough on you uh, mentally. And, and I, I would, uh, for some reason, Bubba and I would sit together a lot of time during the funeral, and he could r- relay back a family's history all the way back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Each one of them that came in there. And, That's uh, how I am with baseball, see? Yeah. Same thing. I like the older ones that have died for some reason versus the ones still living. I feel like the ones who die are forgotten about. Yeah, and that's, that's a sad thing. But uh, just like I say, if, if, I, if I'm watching a sporting event on television that, that, that I just absolutely didn't want to miss, mm-hmm. and, and uh, they, most of the time they're not even talking about the ball game that you're watching. Sure, and and then they they get into this uh, stuff like oh this is the greatest player that ever played the game or best third baseman or or best quarterback or whatever and it just it I think it turns most people off because why are they saying this particular person is better when there have been decades even a hundred years of that game mm-hmm. uh, that's been played all this time. And they're not taking anything in consideration because they don't know. No, you're right. They have no idea. My wife thinks I should be a color commentator or have, like, my own radio show about just baseball history or podcasts. I don't think that many people would care, though. Yeah, they do. You'd be surprised how uh, people take to you when you start talking about something they really like. And, of course, that's baseball. I mean, it, it... the, what was it, uh, um, the Field of Dreams? Mm-hmm. When they start talking about how America has changed and continued to be strong, and, and it, the, the game of baseball, they say as you watch baseball change, mm-hmm. that's the way the, the world of the United States changed is because of that one particular sport. I can see that. Yeah. If I could time travel and go back in time, I think I'd like to go to a sportsman's park in St. Louis and just go to, like, a baseball game in, like, the 30s or 40s there. Yeah. For some reason, I look at St. Louis as, like, true Americana. Yeah. Uh, That was, before Atlanta, mm -hmm. that was where everybody would want to go from the southeast. Uh, uh, The St. Louis Cardinals was their team when, when you think about it. But just a big area, and you got common people, you know, of all different, you know, origins. Yeah. Pulling for one team. And it joins everybody together. Mm-hmm. 
and I just look at St. Louis as not so much now because it's kind of, you know, fallen in disrepair. But, you know, back then it was just a strong American city. Yeah, my daddy, uh, I, I, I've said this on the radio before, but my daddy loved the St. Louis Cardinals, and so did my mama. My mama was a big uh, baseball fan. So when I had the opportunity to take them and to watch uh, the Cardinal baseball game there, oh, you should have seen them. Uh, I think I've got pictures at home that has Daddy looking up and standing. Nobody <laughs> there but us. We got there before everybody got really? there. Really? And uh, was there for just, being, just being in that stadium, uh, it was like being in heaven to him. And mm-hmm. that's why I think about Field of Dreams, because it, it, it has a, a, a special meaning to it. I know your story about Kevin Arnold you shared before about him going to, you know, to the ball game there in St. Louis. Well, mm-hmm. him and I went and... Before we went to the game, I'm like, let's go over here to Grand Avenue. He's like, well, what's there? And I'm like, well, it's the former site of Sportsman's Park. He yeah. goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, it's a, like a, a place now, for kids Kevin, now. Uh, for people to know, uh, he's the chief of police over at Smyrna. And diehard, yeah. diehard Cardinal yeah. fan. You cut him and he bleeds red. <laughs> But <laughs> well, there there wasn't much liquid came in coming out of him when he went with me. Bless Sorry, his Kevin, heart. I wasn't trying to bring that back up. If you're listening, did uh, but he? Did, did, uh, what was his? Uh, was he drinking Coca Colas or what at the ball game? Water, water, iced tea. Yeah, okay, iced tea. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't get to go up and Brown the, the big tea. high rise there and eat eat that uh, big meal that they furnished there no we didn't get to do that but we took him to grand avenue i took him over there though and sh- walked him around where the ballpark was mm-hmm. sportsman's park and they had played baseball there since 1882 so from 1882 to 1965 it was a lot of baseball history of course yeah. the browns and the cardinals both played there but uh walked him around and showed him where things were and i just knew from looking at satellite images but then across the street was the first ever american sports bar mm-hmm which is still there. I won't go inside. It's a bad part of town. But I did bring him by and show him where the first American sports bar was, going back to like 1920. Did you go to Stan Musial's restaurant? I don't think it's even there anymore. I think they oh, closed is it. Oh, it gone? I think. Oh, wow. But it's in a whole different area of St. Louis. Yeah. It's in a better area, which is probably better off. But like I said, I just feel connected to the sports history. But Grand Avenue is a rough area. I mean, it's bad. All the houses are burnt out. East St. Louis is bad news. I took the hearse up there one time. You're kidding. No. My buddy was with me, and I wanted to show him where the Cardinals played. So the Blue Goose went rolling down Grand Avenue to Sportsman's Park. Uh Uh-oh. Took a picture, then drove back off. Kind of cool, though. One of the world's oldest water towers is about two blocks away. Yeah. Kind of neat. Well, every town has its uh, bad spots, no matter where you go. And then the St. Louis Cardinals used to play at Robinson Field, which was two blocks from where Sportsman's Park used to be. Mm-hmm. See, I don't think Peter Gammons knows all that. Could be wrong. I hope he does. I doubt if he does. He probably don't care. No. I don't, I'm not sure they're even sports fans anymore. They're, they don't seem to be very knowledgeable about what's going on in whatever particular sport it is. He's a Red Sox fan. Of course, you know, being in Boston back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s would be kind of cool because you had the Boston Braves and the Atlanta, or I'm sorry, Boston Braves and the Red Sox. Yeah. So, and at one time the Braves kind of did rule the world, the Boston Braves, in the mid-teens. Well, yeah. The Red Sox used to play at Braves Field because it held more people. No one knows that. Mm -hmm. For like the World Series back in the teens. Yeah. 
If you look at the the uniforms and everything that came out of the mm-hmm. when baseball first started, it, it was kind of just a relaxed game when you think about it. Guys would get together just like we did when we were growing up around here. We wanted to have a, a baseball glove and we wanted to get out in the field and play. It mm-hmm. didn't matter where. Um, there was a thousand people watching you or nobody watching. We just love to get out there and play baseball. Kind of how I feel. I wish Whipping Chapel could get like a softball team. I'd love to play on it. Good sponsorship. I'm, that would be good, except for uh, I'm, I'm too old to play anymore. You could do it. You could be the bench coach. The bench coach? Yeah. What, you could what? be like Leo Mazzoni and just sit there and rock. Oh, I love to watch him. Not bench coach. He was pitching coach. I'm sorry. Well, uh, Wasn't he? Yeah. I forget. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. Bench coach or pitching? pitching. I think he was pitching. I'm yeah. pretty sure he was. He went to the Orioles. They signed him to this big contract for three years back in the early 2000s or something. Mm-hmm. And he just disappeared. But the Orioles, they have poor ownership. They're horrible. Peter Angelo, or, yeah, Peter, Peter Angelos. Baltimore. He's, he's a bum. They ought to throw him in Baltimore Harbor. Can we gauge each particular state by the sport that they have yeah. in the type of games? Yeah. Because you almost can, can't you? Oh, yeah. If not current back in the day, but yeah. Baltimore, man, was it 50 years ago. You had the Colts, you had the Baltimore Bullets, and you had the Baltimore Orioles. Well, now, Philadelphia's not uh, a place that I would want to play baseball. I can tell you that. Eh, you know what's sad about Philadelphia is they have a lot of baseball history. Yeah. Especially with the Philadelphia Athletics. But I can't really describe what happened to that city. It just kind of took a turn to the, I don't know, took a turn for the worse. And the Phillies, of course, never really have been good. They went to the World Series in 1915, lost. Went to the World Series in, what, 1950, lost. Then went to the World Series in 1980 and won. And then lost another one in 83 and 93. And then won in, what, 08? But they don't have much history for being, I think they came around 1883. Their organization started. Mm -hmm. And then the athletics for 1901. Of course, there was an American Association team there, the athletics, but... The athletics were great, but again, it was just Connie Mack was unique. He was good, but he made some stupid mistakes. Yeah. If you ever read about him, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, Philadelphia. Well, you know, New York controls almost all sports because they 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 have the media, and it, it and that's all anybody ever hears. Well, from. you have the media, but here's the thing, and this is one reason why I respect the Yankees. You have an owner who is committed to winning. Some folks don't like George Steinbrenner. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but he has a bad rap on, you know, just his personality and some of the run-ins he had with, like, Dave Winfield and other former players. Yeah. But he was committed to winning, and he put a winning team on the field. Of course, in the 80s, they kind of struggled, but, you know. Well, how many times did he fire Billy Martin? 
I think it was four or five. I mean, that tells you something. Right before Billy Martin died on Christmas Day in 1989, he was supposed to, I think rumor had it, he, they were going to hire him again. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, wasn't 100% sure. So, I don't know. But I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. But like I said, when you have an owner who's committed to winning, you know, did, you, you did can't you, find fault with that. Did you like uh, the the Dodgers and the Giants and the Yankees being in one city? Well, I wasn't it there was for it. The, it was called the subway. <laughs> I wasn't there for it. But, yes, the I, first subway series was 1921. Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the uh, the passion in the stands because everybody had their particular part of the city that they were pulling for. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what it, boroughs. You know what it reminded me of a little bit. The way Rutherford County was back uh, in in the thirties, the forties, and the fifties when uh, they had each section of the county had a, a school, a K, no, it wasn't a K through, it was a 1 through 12 at the time, and everybody supported the, the, the part of the community that they lived in. I could see that. And it was passionate. You're talking about, um, I mean, people came for blood when they go watch those uh, high school uh, basketball games. That's wild. Yeah. Like yeah. Smyrna playing Murfreesboro or? Uh, yeah, uh, actually Murfreesboro, um they they owned the uh, auditorium mm-hmm. w- when the games would start. So they would be in the stage area, and they would always have that set up strictly for the the uh, Murfreesboro Tiger teams. <laughs> and then everybody else hated Murfreesboro. So it w- really worked out. But they all had I me. Mean, back when Jimmy Montgomery was playing, you, you know, uh, er- everybody wanted to beat Monk. But they had a really good team. It wasn't just Monk. They had six good uh, basketball players that were uh, just unreal. But everybody pretty much took uh, up for their own particular area, whether it's Kittrell or Rockville, Christiana. And they 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 competed against each other, yeah. but it wasn't violent. Yeah, yeah. This day and age, like the Dodgers and Giants, they shoot each other. Yeah. They had that incident, what, two or three years ago where the fan got shot, remember? The yeah. Giants fan got shot by the Dodgers fan. But, you know, San Diego was a good place to go watch a game. Yeah, I like San Diego a lot. Yeah. John Brown and I were out there one time, and we had the best time. We, Of course, we had rented a car out, and uh, after the game was over with, uh, the, what had happened is the Navy had come into town, and there was two guys fighting on top of our car. No kidding. So I looked at John, and I said, well, this might be interesting. Let's just sit, sit and watch. <laughs> but but San Diego is a beautiful town. What year did you go to a game there? It was in the... You saw Tony Gwynn, I assume? It was in the... 90s? Yeah, early early 90s, I think. Yeah. They're tearing down uh, Jack Murphy Stadium now. Oh, are they? It was called... San Diego Stadium, Jack Murphy, Qualcomm, whatever it is now. Yeah. But, yeah, they're tearing it down. It was built in 67, and the Padres came in 69. But their new ballpark is really nice. Isn't it funny how often they change ballparks, and they used to never do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, You're right about that. Well, it, it's funny. They're chasing everybody away from the ballparks with TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get to the point, if you, as you get older... It's a whole lot easier to go sit on your couch 
a lot and, less and expensive. Yeah. And the bathroom's right there. Yeah, but still, there's nothing like being in a game. You know, they keep wanting to shorten baseball. Yeah. Baseball is a place that you want to go to and spend a whole uh, afternoon if you can. I or, wish or they night. quit making changes to it and let it just, you know, be where it is. Yeah. But, you know. They're, they're building cracker boxes now. Everybody in charge wants to have their two cents. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. And the ballpark I like the most right now is Fenway Park. I love Fenway Park. Because it, it's it brings back memories of the old days. It's about sixty percent. Fenway Park opened nineteen twelve, and about sixty percent of Fenway Park was there in nineteen twelve. Most folks don't realize that. Yeah. Also, most folks think, well, it opened in nineteen twelve. It's all nineteen twelve. Well, Wrigley Field opened in nineteen fourteen, mm-hmm. and the only thing original to Wrigley Field is the Visitors Clubhouse and the uh, metal beams holding up. The Wrigley Field stands from about the first base dugout to the right field foul pole. Yeah. Other than that, it's 1930s, 40s, 50s. It reeks of history. It's, well, it reeks of history, but it's not 1914, even though they want to say it's, you know, 1914. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does in a way, but... It, Nothing was there in 1914 except the visitor's clubhouse and, like I said, the metal beams holding the ballpark up. I think most of the people, though, if they're getting a, given an option of which uh, ballpark to go watch a game in, I'm pretty sure it would be Fenway Park. I'd rather go to Wrigley Field. They've done too much to Fenway Park. I mean, I'm sorry. I'd rather go to Fenway. They've done too much to Wrigley to make it not what it was as far as historic. The Ivy wasn't even there until like 1930. Well, that takes a long time for Ivy 36, to grow. 37, 38. Bill Vex's dad planted it. I still remember the riot there. You remember when they had the um, some type of musical groups? Oh, you're talking about Comiskey Park. Yeah. 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 I, I thought you said... Uh, I was talking Wrigley. Oh, okay. But Bill Vex, see, his dad was actually the general manager for the Cubs. Yeah. Before, that's how Bill Vex, he'd always been in baseball. But yeah, Bill Vec later bought the White Sox, sold them, bought them back, and then he had Disco Demolition in 1979. Yeah. And, yeah. It was a demolition. He did a lot of things for the fans. The players, a lot of them hated him because it was an embarrassment. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, God, we're, you know, working for this guy. Who knows what he's going to do next? Yeah. It'd be like Woodfin having a carousel at the funeral home or something to, you know. Hmm, that's a thought. Did, did we discuss that? We can add it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to? Put the fun in funeral. Think no. about it. Dare to be different. You know, that's not a bad idea to put the fun in funeral, though, yeah. when you think about it. F-U-N. Yeah. E-R-A-L. What, what, what was uh, all the, the comedian that died, and he had his uh, funeral set up where um, uh, he... he he uh, televised himself, and he was talking to the people who were there uh, uh, in the pews. True story? Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a true story. And uh, I don't know who it would have been. He, he, he sang a song to them and wanted them to sing along with him, had the bouncing ball and all of that. And, and I thought, you know, how neat that, that would be. How long ago was it? Oh, he was in the the... 
Taxi, the, the TV show Taxi. He was the crazy one. I remember Taxi with Danny DeVito, but I never really watched it. Um, it wasn't too long ago he probably passed away, was it? Oh, it's been a while ago oh, since, it has. since he's gone. Yeah. Taxi was what, late 70s, mid 70s? Uh, something like that. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Thomas Booker. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Adams Place is founded by Dr. Carl E. Adams, a physician and lifelong resident of Middle Tennessee. He and Jenny May had a dream of building a campus concept of life care facilities for older adults. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Discover that senior living is fun. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Rodney French from French's Shoes and Boots in Murfreesboro. I'd like to invite you over to our hometown store, 1837 South Church Street. French's Shoes and Boots has been serving Rutherford County with the best selection of work boots, western boots, and a great selection of shoes and accessories. Our bargain room is full of famous brand shoes and boots up to 90% off mall prices. Brands like Clark's, Merrill, Justin, and Area. Tons of shoes and tons of brands, all at super great prices. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Hi guys, this is Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Tennessee Titans. During these uncertain times, like you, I'm focused on keeping my family and myself safe and healthy. While many areas of our lives have been put on hold, health emergencies are still taking place. Don't wait to seek treatment for an emergency. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas Hospitals are open 24-7 and have strict safety precautions in place. I'm sharing this message with all of my Middle Tennessee neighbors. Don't wait to seek treatment for an emergency. Go straight to the ER. This is Lisa Halliburton at Bell Jewelers. Pandora will have new Valentine charms. We're going to be doing free gifts. If you just spend $99 or more, you're going to get a gift card to Murfreesboro Flower Shop for beautiful flowers, a gift card to Steakhouse Five or Five Senses, and also a spa gift card to Nurture Nook Spa. Bell Jewelers. 821 Northwest Broad Street, across from Toots. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. News Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. 
It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. With his own team. All right, welcome back with Thomas Booker. <laughs> We're sitting here just. Uh, it's nothing better than being around another baseball fan. Trying so to exercise we, the burn. Yeah, we we sit here and we can talk about things and 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 yeah, it does. It brings back memories when you start thinking of uh, the golden days of baseball. And uh, I don't think being able to watch it a lot on television really helps a lot. You have to be at the games. I agree. And I, and I could sit in the game. It wasn't anything unusual to say, here, we would go to Nashville and watch the Nashville Vols. Right. And uh, that stadium was one of the old stadiums, one of the oldest stadiums in the United States. Mm-hmm. And everybody just absolutely loved it. was the oldest. Yeah, at one time. I know. think it opened in 1871. And see, this day and age, they let it stand. They wouldn't ever touch it. Yeah. But that's like Comiskey Park. They tore it down in 1990, and it was a grand cathedral. And if they could do it over now, they'd have kept it and remodeled it and, you know, but... Of course, right field was, what, 260 feet. And, uh, oh, it, yeah, Sulphurdale. But, yeah, yeah. Sulphurdale, but the screen would go... The first time I went over there, uh, my daddy took me, and I was just a, probably five years old, and... At night, you could not see that screen. Really? Uh, yeah. So they'd hit balls, and I'd say, Daddy, Daddy, it's a home run. And then all of a sudden, it bounced back, and i said, whoa, what's going on here? If it hit the screen, was it not a home run? No, no, no. It was back in playing field. Uh, you could play second base and play right field at the same time back then. It, it, was, it was unbelievable. And I got to see the Yankees play. That's pretty cool. That's when uh, Mickey w- uh, was very, very young, and he was grease lightning. You, I've never seen anybody run faster than he could. Who run. did they play? Uh, they played the balls. It, it was an exhibition game. Yeah. Who won? Uh, of course, the Yankees. Who won. pitched for the Yankees? You remember? No, I don't remember. I just remember staring at Mickey Mantle out there in center field, and hit he hit that line drive off of that center field wall. It was like it wasn't two seconds from the time he hit that ball till he hit that center field wall. And it, it was, I have told you before, when I would listen to the games, Mel Allen would be calling the games. Mm-hmm. I could tell when Mickey Mantle hit a home run. People think I'm crazy. But the sound of that ball against that bat was like nothing else I have ever even witnessed at all. It Mel was unbelievable. Allen, he could call a pretty game. Yeah. Mel Allen was a great um uh, there's been a lot of uh, great uh, sportscasters over the years, mm-hmm. and I think that particular era, because on the radio, they had to be more involved with the people as far as telling them what's going on, and they would paint a picture. I mean, it was unbelievable. You oh, yeah. were there. It was better than watching the game, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, it's like the Minnesota Twins. I like watching them. I met Dick Brimmer several times, know him. He's been with them since, like, 1982. Yeah. He knows the history of the team, but he's good at, you know, calling the game. But then the Twins also had Burt Blylevin. Awesome mm-hmm. dude. Burt, I mean, Hall of Famer, very experienced, very knowledgeable in the game. So he did a good job, you know, with Bremer. Of course, they let Burt go, but 
it was just fun listening to him go back and forth. Who was the best television sport uh, baseball caller uh, that you have ever seen or heard? I thought Sunday? Harry Carey was pretty unique. He was unique. I mean, for, you know, in the 1990s, I remember watching games, and it was just, I don't know, he was just different, and I kind of like the different. Yeah. And see, I, I go back even further, and uh, you may have uh, seen him. Dizzy Dean was the most unique mm-hmm. uh, caller of baseball of anybody I've ever seen. In fact, the teachers tried to, to get him kicked out of baseball. Because, him and his terminology? Yeah, yeah his, his language, uh, it, it wasn't anything that was uh, bad, but it, it was so... Um, it was colorful, I guess, more than anything else. Dizzy Dean could do what Dizzy Dean wanted. Yeah, and I mean, he was a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Thirty-game winner. Yeah, uh, he was until he. What was it in the All-Star game? Nineteen thirty-seven. Yeah. Earl Averill hit a line drive, hit Dizzy in the toe. Yeah, and he never was the same after that. He came back in the late forties for the St. Louis Browns and. I think he pitched an inning or two. I mean, I read about it, but I forget. But he did pretty good, I, th- I, th- I think. Yeah, but he, his arm went out on him because of that injury he had. Yeah, his balance or whatever it was, yeah. he couldn't, you know. But he made it colorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he, Him he, and Pee Wee Reese. Yeah. Well, he and he and his, his uh, what, Daffy, mm-hmm. uh, his brother, uh, his brother pitched a no-hitter. And and Dizzy pitched a one hitter, and he's it was uh, Paul is his name. Mm-hmm. He said, "If I'd known Paul was going to pitch a no hitter, I'd done the same thing." I mean, <laughs> it, it it really was. He he didn't even think twice. I mean, he had that good old country language, and and uh, it, but he I, he he knew he was good. Oh yeah, he was amazing. He was top notch back in his day. Yeah. And he died, I think he made an appearance on Hee Haw before he passed away. I think he died in 74, but, yeah, he was on Hee Haw. I've seen him a couple times on there. He must have done pretty well as far as his finances were concerned. He seemed to be in pretty good shape all that time. See, I don't know really what he did after his his career. I'm trying to think if there's, if there's like an actual book on Dizzy Dean. If there is, I don't have it. I need to go look and see, but I've read about him up until, you know, his time with the Cardinals and a little bit afterward, but not yeah. so much, you know, color commentator and stuff like that. I've got some pictures of him at the Astrodome, which is kind of weird because, you know, to, to, to think they were brought in, you know, to the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. Just a whole different environment. You could sit there in the stands and, and you could see them just as well as you and I sitting mm-hmm. here. And uh, I think that made it more personable. It, it really did. And, and to watch how they would react. And, you know, sometimes they would just explode. Did you ever listen to Wade Hoyt on TV? No. Because, you know, he used to call for the Reds. But Wade Hoyt, you know, was number one pitcher on Murderer's Row in 27 with the Yankees. And so he had a bunch of different, you know, Babe Ruth personal stories and things like that. Cincinnati is not far from here, but yet it doesn't seem to be very popular in this area. Now, of course, it's because the Reds aren't, you know, the team they probably should be. Well, and of course, when they had Bench and all that bunch at one time, they were. Mm-hmm. They I mean, were, they they dominated in the 30s and 40s there for a while as well. But again, you got to have a lot of the right things fall in place in order to, you know, be successful. 
before they had that real good team, um, who was the first baseman for the Cincinnati Reds? That great big old guy. When? Old Klazuski? Klazuski. Ted Mm -hmm. Klazuski. I was trying to think of his name the other day. Yeah. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, he could rock a ball. Number 18. Yeah. He... He actually became the Reds' hitting coach during the Big Red Machine. Yeah. And they said a lot of the reason the Reds were so good was because they had him as a hitting coach. Yeah. He died of a heart attack in 1988. He was fairly young then, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was born like 1922, maybe. He was about 62. Yeah. Early 60s. But you know, back then they looked different than now. Someone that's 62 now doesn't look as old as someone... You know, in 1988, that was 62, maybe. Why are you looking at me? Not you. I'm just saying in general. But you don't look your age. Oh, yes, I do. Mm. That's your own opinion. (laughs) I share that opinion. Hey, uh... (laughs) What, Brian? (laughs) You're talking baseball, and I just wanted to, um... Let folks know, uh, February 19th, Middle Tennessee baseball gets underway. Good. Uh, so Very cool. They've got six home games in the month of February, so you can go out and enjoy some cold baseball. But uh, yesterday they had the Groundhog Day luncheon, and it had to be a virtual luncheon, but uh, it, it was streamed and did a good job with that online. But at the end of it, they had a special tribute uh, to Coach Peterson. So, Oh, good. If you want to check that out, uh, it's, it's online. It was a pretty cool thing. Coach Peterson was awesome. Yeah. I miss him. I loved him. Big White Sox fan. Well, he never would say that to me. Of course he wouldn't. He knew I was a Yankee fan. <laughs> he was a big Nellie Fox fan. Yeah. But when e- I think of a ball everybody, player. N- nobody knew him as Steve. He was always Pete. Have you, have you ever noticed that? If if people really like you, they, they've got to give you a mi- uh, nickname. I agree. Yeah. And, and Pete was one of those people that most everybody enjoyed. And, and I would. I didn't miss too many of those groundhog functions, um, and uh, but I never was a fan of that meat that they would serve. Ooh, I mean, <laughs> I don't go because I'm bad luck. I'm afraid if I go, the groundhog won't show a shadow. Have you ever understood that? Uh, what is it, Poxitani or whatever it is in New York uh, or wherever? Um, no, it's in... Um, isn't it New York? Upstate in, New York? Pennsylvania, isn't it? Pennsylvania. Oh, it's Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah it's Pennsylvania. Oh, why was I thinking New York? Uh, I, Is that I where Groundhog know. Day took place with Bill Murray? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but it, it took place every day. Yeah, repetitive. Yeah. Which, um, I, you know, that wasn't a bad movie when you think about it. No, not for, what, 1988? Yeah. Or around there. Now, do we have a groundhog thing here? Yeah, Rutherford Ralph. <laughs> Are you doing that to me? <laughs> no, but there, there, there is a Rutherford Ralph thanks to Bart Walker. Oh, Bart started that. Yeah, okay. I think Coach Peterson also was in on that. To be honest with you, because they did that as a promotion to promote Groundhog Day luncheon, and so you know how Coach Pete always had some That's interesting funny, ideas. Yeah. The he only did. thing that I, I I have against 
college baseball is it starts too early. I agree. Can you you can't sit out there and for two or three hours and watch a baseball game when it's twenty degrees. Baseball's a warm weather sport. Yeah. I like to, I, I like to get a little sun, put a little suntan lotion on me, sit there and I like with a t shirt on. Or a jersey. Yeah. And shorts. Yeah. Pants are okay, but yeah, no sleeves. Yeah. I've got uh Look here, Thomas. I, I got some writing up here, and I can't read it. Uh-oh. It says W-R-A-P-U-P-T-H-E-S-H-O-W. What does that say? Come around and look. It says Brian's about to play the uh, oh. closed music. <laughs> wrap, wrap up the show. <laughs> no. Well, thank you, Brian. We need to go further. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have an extension? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. We'll see you guys in the morning at 9. Take care, Brian. And a reminder, you can check out the podcast of The Truman Show from each day at WGNSRadio.com. Just look under Podcast and tap on Truman Show or wherever you listen to audio, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all those places. You can listen back to any of the shows anytime on demand. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.